0: Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Thursday, January 20th, 2022. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, Meta is working on NFTs for Instagram and Facebook, while Google is starting a blockchain team. Instagram subscriptions launches, Google Play Games launches on Windows, Amazon launches its first physical fashion store, and why by the summer you will only be able to pay the IRS your taxes online by doxing yourself. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Sources are telling the Financial Times that Meta is working on plans to let users create and sell NFTs on Facebook and Instagram, also show NFTs on user profiles, and also maybe an NFT marketplace. Because, of course they're doing all this. By which I mean, yeah, with all the hype around this stuff, the big platforms aren't going to dabble in it. Of course they are. Would you be surprised if at WWDC Apple announced some sort of NFT integration for iPhones? I maybe would be, but maybe not. Surprise, surprise, you know? Anyway, quoting F.T., Teams at Facebook and Instagram are readying a feature that will allow users to display their NFTs on their social media profiles, as well as working on a prototype to help users create or mint the collectible tokens, according to several people familiar with the matter. Two of the people said that Meta has also discussed launching a marketplace for users to buy and sell NFTs, essentially a digital asset representing art or imagery that cannot be replicated. The move comes after Meta Chief Executive Mark Zuckerberg last year said NFTs could one day be wielded to support a. Market for digital goods in its planned metaverse, an avatar-filled world that the company is investing $10 billion annually in building over the coming decade. Instagram head Adam Mosseri in December said it was actively exploring NFTs without sharing specific details, but Instagram is now internally testing its NFT showcasing feature, said two people with knowledge of the fast-developing plans. The Instagram NFT's project was initially spearheaded last year by Kristen George, Instagram's director of product and creators, and David Marcus, the former head of Facebook's payments and crypto arm, who left the company in December, another person said. Marcus has now been replaced by Stefan Casriel, former chief executive of freelancing platform Upwork, end quote. Meanwhile, Bloomberg has seen an internal email suggesting that Google is creating a unit under its Labs division for blockchain and other distributed tech because, again, of course they are, quote, Shivakumar Venkataraman, an engineering vice president for Alphabet's Google, is now running a unit focused on blockchain and other next-gen distributed computing and data storage technologies, according to an email viewed by Bloomberg News. The executive will become a founding leader of Labs, a business division in which Google houses its various virtual and augmented reality efforts, according to the email. A company spokesperson declined to comment. To date, Google has offered some cloud services to companies working on blockchain technology. But otherwise, Google, a company famous for its experimentation, hasn't launched public projects in the area where some rivals such as Meta Platforms and Twitter have devoted considerable resources. Google's payments and commerce president, however, recently said the company pays, quote, a lot of attention to crypto, end quote. But before the hotness for NFTs and Web3 was the hotness for creator economies. To that end, Instagram Subscriptions has officially launched as an alpha, initially letting just 10 US creators offer their followers paid access to exclusive Instagram Live videos and stories, quoting TechCrunch. Through the Subscriptions product, creators can choose their own price point for access to their exclusive content. There are eight price points to choose from starting at $0.99 per month to as much as $99.99 per month, depending on how much a creator believes their content is worth. Most creators will likely start toward the bottom of that range at price points like $0.99, $1.99, $2.99, $4.99, or even $9.99 per month, before experimenting with higher pricing like $19 or $49.99 per month. Once subscribed, users will be able to access prior subscriber-only content, like stories saved as highlights, for example. They'll be alerted to exclusive broadcasts where they'll be able to engage more deeply with the creator's as the viewing audience will be naturally smaller. In subscriber-only stories indicated with a purple ring, creators may share things like behind-the-scenes content, special polls, and more. Subscriber badges, also purple, will help fans stand out in the comments of public content, and will help them be identified in creators' message request folders in the inbox." We're sort of ping-ponging back and forth here, so back to Google, which has launched a limited beta of Google Play Games, which brings Android games to Windows 10 and Windows 11, quoting Android Police. Last year, Google told us at the Game Awards that it planned to bring Android games to Windows PCs under the Google Play Games banner, basically launching an Android App Store for Windows limited to games. True to its prior promises, Google has more to share with us now that it's 2022. Starting today, interested parties can sign up for a limited beta of the new Google Play games for PC, but only if you're in Hong Kong, South Korea, or Taiwan. A full list of launch titles for the beta wasn't provided, but games beta testers will be able to enjoy include Mobile Legends Bang Bang, Summoner's War, State of Survival, The Joker Collaboration, and Three Kingdoms Tactics. Google tells us the games will be playable on Windows during the beta courtesy of a standalone application built by Google with support for mouse and keyboard input and cross-platform achievement and save sync. No, it's not clear how much of that will be functional at the beta's launch or if all titles will be compatible with all features. Minimum requirements start with Windows 10 Plus, V2004, and at least an 8-core CPU with hardware virtualization support, also 8GB of RAM, 20GB of faster SSD storage, and a handful of select gaming-class GPUs. All that means you'll need a reasonably high-end and recent machine, but it doesn't require Windows 11. Google tells us these requirements will be lower in the future sure. Android game developers can also express their interest in Google Play games for PC. Documentation for developers is also coming today with information like making sure your game is optimized for Windows PCs, etc. End quote. Let's go ahead and break the pattern, though, by talking about how Amazon is going to launch Amazon Style its first physical fashion store in Los Angeles later this year. Customers can use an app to send items to the fitting room and do all sorts of other fancy things. Quoting GeekWire, "...the first location will open later this year in the Glendale area of Los Angeles at the Americana at Brand, a shopping, dining, and entertainment complex." Amazon last year surpassed Walmart as the number one apparel retailer in the U.S., according to Wells Fargo Research, which estimated $45 billion in revenue for Amazon's apparel and footwear revenue in 2021. Amazon Style is designed to feature a less cluttered array of display items on the floor rather than giving over space to racks or stacks of inventory. Shoppers looking for women's and men's apparel, shoes, and accessories can use the Amazon Shopping mobile app or scan QR codes to see sizes, colors, overall colors, customer ratings, and additional product details. Shoppers can then tap a button in the app to have an item sent to a fitting room or directly to the pickup counter if they don't need to try it on. Once inside that reimagined fitting room, another larger screen allows shoppers to quote continue to shop a seemingly endless closet of great styles without leaving. Shoppers can rate items, request different styles and sizes, and get new selections delivered from a heavily stocked back-of-house. Amazon says the quick delivery to fitting rooms by human employees is facilitated by the same technologies and processes employed at its fulfillment centers. Personalization is key. Machine learning algorithms produce real-time recommendations for customers as they shop and scan items. Customers can also get a more tailored and refined experience by sharing style preferences, fit, and more." By the by, just confirming that Crypto.com has confirmed that it has indeed suffered a cybersecurity breach. They say the plan is to reimburse the around 400 or so affected customer accounts, and they plan on sharing more about the breach in the coming days. Quoting Bloomberg, an exact value of cryptocurrencies affected is still unknown, although estimates are in the millions. Chief Executive Officer Chris Marzalek said, Crypto.com plans to release more information in a blog post in the coming days. System hacks have been a persistent problem since the earliest days of cryptocurrencies, with rogue programmers probing the software code of protocols for vulnerabilities. The firm, which moved its headquarters from Hong Kong to Singapore last year, is currently awaiting license approval from the Monetary Authority of Singapore, or MAS. The MAS is. Over aware of the cybersecurity breach at crypto.com and is following up with the applicant, a spokesperson for the central bank said Thursday in an emailed statement without providing further detail, end quote. Love, love, love Yahoo Finance. Use it every day to research companies we talk about on the show. Heck, I used it constantly when I was writing the book to look at the historical performance of dot-com companies. But when I'm working on my own portfolio, it's also the autocomplete in my browser, yahoofinance.com. They are the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. And when you use it for your personal investing tool like I do, you can securely link your brokerage accounts to it for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. When it comes to your financial future, you think you've done it all, you've saved, you've researched, you've invested all that you can, now... You need to take those investments to the next level by using what every financial great uses, Yahoo Finance. Think of it as an observability dashboard, but for your finances. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ka-ching. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is that you can take any business to the next level, even 25-year-old ones, but especially 25-day-old ones. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com ride, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ride now to Grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/slash ride. And let me squeeze in one more crypto thing here, real quick. Say hello to Pope, P-O-A-P, or Proof of Attendance Protocol, which issues NFTs as mementos to attendees of real world events. Pope is, I guess, also the name of the startup behind this idea, quoting TechCrunch. Pope is organized around badges as the visual signifier of their protocol. In the real world, a user could scan a QR code to receive an NFT memento that could unlock admission to an online community and earn them future drops. Plenty of this functionality exists elsewhere across Ethereum projects, made possible by some of the underlying features of the blockchain, which allows developers to create snapshots of active wallets, which have been linked to the project at a given time. The Pope ecosystem also includes a number of other tools, including Ethereum-backed polling, raffle contest mechanics, and private chat verification tech. The startup announced this week that they've raised a $10 million seed round led by Archetype and Sapphire Sport, with additional participation in the funding from Sound Ventures, the Sherrington Group, and It Capital. A host of crypto-native funds also invested, including Collab Currency, 1KX, Libertus Capital, Redbeard Ventures, Sixth Man Ventures, Delphi Digital, and A Capital. Pope met some challenges in 2021 as NFT community growth accelerated and the number of people looking to tap into their platform created an overwhelming influx of spam that brought the platform to a crawl. In a blog post, the company says it plans to use its new funding to invest in its application and platform layers." End quote. And finally today, I'm not sure what to make of this, but I gotta be honest with you, on first blush, it does not thrill me. Apparently, this summer, the IRS will require users to log in via id.me, which uses facial recognition in its authentication process, just to file taxes, make payments to the IRS, and more, quoting Gizmodo. Online tax filers will soon be required to submit a selfie to a third-party identity verification company using facial recognition tech in order to file their taxes or make IRS payments online. Starting this summer, users with an IRS.gov account will no longer be able to log in with a simple username and password. Instead, they will need to provide a government identification document, a selfie, and copies of their bills to Virginian-based identity verification firm ID.me to confirm their identity. That change, first noticed by Krebs on Security, marks a major shift for the IRS, which previously allowed users to file their taxes without submitting personal biometric data. In a statement to Gizmodo, an IRS spokesperson said users can still receive basic information from the IRS website without logging in, but added they would need to sign in through id.me to make and view payments, access tax records, view or create payment plans, manage communication preferences, or view tax professional authorizations. So here's how filing taxes will work for most people later this year. Users attempting to log in to their accounts using id.me will have to create an account with the company by uploading either a driver's license, passport, or passport card. Users are then told to use a cell phone camera or their computer's webcam to take a selfie. According to ID.me's website, the company uses a face match facial recognition system to verify the selfie matches the provided government document. If approved in ID.me's system, users can then use these credentials to verify their identity across any of ID.me's partners. If ID.me's system fails to verify a selfie or flags other issues that could be considered fraud, the user may then join a recorded video call with an ID.me representative called a trusted referee id.me claims it has verified more than 2.8 million people through these referees and has begun implementing some in-person identity verification options across the country id.me offers multiple relief valves or escape hatches to ensure there is always a path forward for everyone the company said we are committed to a policy of no identity left behind end quote Though that may be the case in many situations, it's unclear if IRS filers have any equivalent escape hatch. When asked whether there were alternative options for filers who lack access to adequate technology or who are unwilling to submit their personal biometrics, an IRS spokesperson directed Gizmodo to a site providing details on how to request physical transcripts by mail. Neither the IRS nor ID.me could provide any specific examples of how to access tax documents online without providing a face scan. At least as of this writing, ID.me's verification process does not work perfectly either. One member of Gizmodo's staff was unable to verify their image due to the quality of their webcam. Unable to resolve the issue, that person opted to ditch the digital system entirely and file their payment by mail. I went through the first stages of completing an ID.me application to see what it was like. The process required me to submit a photocopy of my driver's license as well as a face scan using my phone's front camera. ID.me then required I submit my social security number and it requested permission to see information in my credit profile. Feeling sufficiently creeped out, I stopped short at that final stage, but had I continued, I would have given up a treasure trove of personal identifying information, including government documents, credit history, and detailed biometric data, end quote. Yeah, as I said, this doesn't sound great. By the way, if, like me, you have to file stuff on the irs.gov website all the time, have you ever noticed that you can never log in the first time anyway? even just using login credentials and passwords requires two login attempts every single time without fail. It's been this way for years and years and years. ID.me apparently raised a $200 million round last summer. And so given my already skeptical belief in IRS.gov as a you know, secure online resource. Now they're asking me to dox myself to access my own tax records, even to pay my taxes. Like, what crazy generous stranger would be giving money to the government on my behalf? Quoting Don Moynihan on Twitter, private companies extracting rents by offering to reduce administrative burdens while also increasing burdens for their customers and everyone else, end quote. Brian Krebs of Krebs on Security tried out the system, as mentioned, and found similar frustration with the experience, but he ended his piece by saying this, quote, over the years, I've tried to stress the importance of creating accounts online tied to your various identity, financial, and communication services before identity thieves do it for you. But all of those places where you should plant your flag conduct identity verification in an automated fashion using entirely static data points about consumers that have been breached many times over, like SSNs, data bursts, etc. Love it or hate it, ID.me is likely to become one of those places where Americans need to plant their flag and mark their territory if for no other reason than it will probably be needed at some point to manage your relationship with the federal government and or your state. And given the potential time investment needed to successfully create an ID.me account, it might be a good idea to do that before you're forced to do so at the last minute, such such as waiting until the 11th hour to pay your quarterly or annual estimated taxes. If you visited the sign-in page at the U.S. Social Security Administration lately, you'll notice that on or around September 18th, the agency stopped allowing new accounts to be created with only a username and password. Anyone seeking to create an account at the SSA is now steered toward either id.me or login.gov, a single sign-on solution for U.S. government websites." End quote. Tonight, Twitter space. Very interesting guests will give us a deep dive background on the state of venture capital and the startup ecosystem generally as we begin 2022. Can't name them yet for various reasons, but this is a timely topic that we've been meaning to get to for a while now. We'll be at the usual time, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Turn on your Twitter app, look for us, and join us in the space. Talk to you tomorrow.